This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC on location in San Diego with a friend of mine, Keith Wartz, who we've known each other for probably 17 years now, man. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to uh, to, to be in the Halo sector with you. Yeah, thanks for um, having me. You got the uh, the CEO title of Crunch Fitness, which, uh, which I know from the beginning. Back actually uh, when Crunch started in, I believe it was what, 90? 89. 89, geez, I yeah, was going to say 90. 29 years ago. 29 years ago. Uh, one of my one of my camp counselors was one of the uh, the founding members of that company. So <laughs> it's come a long way. So uh, why don't you give us a little background on yourself, and then we'll talk about Crunch and then the value of a brand in a highly competitive market and, and what the benefits are there. Yeah, well, great. Well, it's uh, thanks for having me. You know, I'm actually in my hometown. This is where I was born, San Diego, California, yep. but grew up in uh, northwestern New Jersey on a Christmas tree farm. <laughs> uh, learned a little business out there from my dad, who was a dentist, and... Uh, you know, fell into fitness uh, right out of college, right out of, got my master's degree and started working as a personal trainer uh, at what used to be the World Trade Center uh, in the early 90s. And you were at, uh, that company was a fitness company. The fitness company, yeah, that's right. So uh, we had about 12 locations when I started. Uh, we ended with about 80. I left there in 2002 and worked for a private equity funded day spa company called Stonewater. We went out and acquired day spas all over the U.S for about four four years and we sold the company and then i connected with an old friend of mine uh mark tasher yep. who was looking at investing in crunch along with angelo gordon our private equity sponsor who's still with us today and connected with crunch and in 2006 uh right when uh, they sold right when the transition happened with bally's to the current owner today angelo gordon and i've uh, been there ever since 12 years now and the last five years as CEO. So we've seen a lot of growth uh, in the last um, eight years, specifically on the franchise side, but also on the company operated side as well. So um, j just for our listeners here, so Crunch is a, is a hybrid for uh, corporate owned locations as well as a, a franchise. Yes. Uh, yep. And then from a standpoint of the different pricing models, you've got an interesting yeah. strategy. So maybe talk a little bit about how you've got the, the two-tier pricing model. Sure. So the original Crunch, you know, is more of a premium brand, and that's where we are today. We have 30 what we call crunch signature locations. Okay. They are in urban markets, San Francisco, New York, LA, and Miami. And then we have our HVLP model, which is uh, 220 locations, 26 of which are company owned, and the rest are independently owned franchises. And those are scattered all over the US, uh, Spain, Canada, Australia, Puerto Rico and a few more countries coming soon. That's nice. So, um, you know, what does Crunch represent to you, you know, if somebody's looking for a brand that, that really resonates? I mean, it's been around 29 years, but it definitely resonates with a, with a you know, trendy and, yep. uh, you know, urban youth and, you know, no judgments, if right. I remember from back in the day. Yeah, well, Crunch, that no judgments philosophy is still with us today, and uh, we think it's more relevant today than any other time and. In the history of the country, when you look at what's going on, it's it's uh, uh, it's exciting to be part of a company that's growing. Uh, it's always had an irreverence uh, crunch. Mm -hmm. The voice has always been a little different, but the experience inside the gym is clean. It's welcoming and, of course, fun. And that's probably the most common word that I use to describe fun. We try to take something that most people don't want to do. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really hard to get to the door of a gym and open the door and then step inside. And we want to create an experience for that member that really 
resonates and, and keeps their mind off the fact that they're exercising. So we like to create a lot of fun classes and also just the atmosphere, the music, the people that are in the gym. Just uh, it's an inter interesting place to work out. So when are you going to bring back the uh, the penguin and the bunny <laughs> from uh, from those uh, those ads back in the day? Spoken from a true New Yorker pretty, who remembers the epic. penguin and throwing. I do. Know, that wasn't based on yeah. interview prep, by the yeah. way. That's just like <laughs> like solidified in my memory. I don't. If our listeners don't know, there used to be these really wacky commercials <laughs> that you'll remember forever of. Uh, a penguin and a bunny, like uh, yeah. boxing in Union Square, when it wasn't safe to be in Union Square. That's right. To begin with. That's right. And needless to say, wearing, you know, costumes. And I, I think at one point the penguin <laughs> threw the bunny off the roof or something, and I think that was the last we saw the penguin. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry to hear that. Uh, maybe that's why they're not in circulation anymore. Um, but, but one of the interesting things about Crunch, I feel like, is, you know, you've been, it was always, you always viewed that brand as much bigger than it actually was. Right. Um, you know, I think that was probably part of, you know, the Doug Levine era and people, um, you know, viewing Crunch is almost on the same level as a, as like a Gold's Gym or a 24-hour fitness from actual number of locations. But it actually right. was always punching, you know, above its, its current weight. That's right. So how do you kind of, how were you able to continue to keep that mystique? Yeah. And, um, you know, when people say, how big are you? You know, they would always probably be shocked when you said, you know, how many locations you had at the time. Now it seems like it's kind of caught up with, yeah. with what the brand feels like. That's right. It's uh, and, and I think there's a long runway for us to continue to grow. But uh, so, you know, when we were at 20 locations, a common thing that I would hear is that's it. That's all you have. Right. You know, I thought you had 200 or 2000. I thought there was all this, you know, the voice of the brand was bigger than the 20 locations. And I think that speaks to the the people that work at Crunch, the culture that's inside the gyms, it gets translates to the, uh, translated to the member as they're coming in and working out. And, you know, all great brands have one thing in common. They create a feeling. They create an emotion with people. And that's what Crunch does, you know, inside the classes and the class content, whether it's yoga, spin, group fitness classes, all the crazy classes that we have going on. You know, we're, we're, we're known to get a lot of press, a lot of PR. Um, being in New York certainly helps, but... Good Morning America, the Today Show, you know, there's they're always calling us and saying, hey, what's new in fitness? What's out there? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, our group group fitness team really spends a lot of time, uh, and they're all here today in in San Diego and the trade show floor, walking around and saying, hey, what's next? Right, you know, and right. looking at stuff that's gonna help keep that voice really loud for Crunch. So, so the brand, I guess, was originally about um, the shock value to yeah. it. Um, uh -huh. Definitely the the eclectic, you know, eccentric New York vibe. Yeah. Uh, but it also had the content and the innovation to back it up. So when, when you think about being the CEO and, and kind of the steward of, of this brand, you know, that having that content, um, I kind of liken it to, um, like, do you, do you ever watch, like, Vice? Yeah. You know, like any, like, yeah, yeah. They, they, like, they do articles or they do, you know, like a segment. It's like, they, they like, reinvented yeah. the segment, but yeah. it was it's, like, the same... Yeah. Like facts, you right. know what I mean. I feel right. like that's what Crunch has been able to do yeah. over time. Yeah, our marketing team is uh, is awesome. It's all in house. You know, we don't we don't have any ad agencies we work with. It's a group of people that really understand the brand. We hire a bunch of creative folks who come up with ideas and concepts and throw a lot of stuff on the wall. We see what sticks, and um, you know, it, but it, in the end, it all comes back to you know this irreverence, this fun, um, being alternative, being different, being inclusive. You know, our, all our core values, you know, we, we talk about and, and use every single day. 
inside the company to help create the company growth that we've seen so far. So, so when a uh, business operator is looking to get into the industry, you know, they've, they've got choices of different types of business models that they could basically, all right, I'll buy your business or I'll buy your system. I think it's somewhat unique in you know, that you have access to this brand. You know, so you right. got a New York brand that, that's got you know, a lot of staying power, a lot of history to it. You know, Gold's Gym, who I've known for a long time, they obviously have a similar type of brand, but they've got a, a brand that, that, you know, kind of moves towards, you know, a different type of demographic where I think Crunch kind of a little more, uh, has a little more width to it. Right. Of, of who you can bring in. And, um, you know, that's got to be in the franchising process, you know, how, how important is that to like the actual person, someone saying that like, I, I want that brand or I am that brand? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and what we've seen when we, when we first entered into the HVLP sector, you know, the, we invested in some clubs and uh, we put them up and we were amazed at the reaction that we saw in markets that you may not typically think would get a really positive reaction. And we, we appealed to a broad group of people. It wasn't just kind of the young urbanite, you know, where there were people that were, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old coming in because because of the clean, the welcoming, and the fun environment. And people were, you know, basically saying, hey, look, I want to work out in a gym, but I want to feel comfortable doing it. And we've been able to take that uh, message across the country and have a lot of success with it. So there's been, been, been this broad-based appeal, and the brand has traveled extremely well. It's resonated well, and uh, we're thrilled with where we stand today. So when, when you think about marketing campaigns that, that work in New York and L.A., and then you think about, okay, I've got some franchisees that maybe aren't as um, progressive. You know, how, how, do you, uh, how, do you, how do you toggle between the two or do you do a lot of like, you know, uh, yeah. localized? Yeah, uh, so we've made a couple of mistakes with that. So we, you, you okay. learn, you know, you throw some stuff out there and there you're you like, go. you know, that didn't work too well in that particular market. So you got to take the voice and you got to just tone it down a bit. And, and uh, the nice thing about Crunch is we can do that. You know, we can get be... We can go pretty far to one side when we need right. to in a market that we know we can get away with a certain message in the marketing. And if we have to dial it back a notch or two, we can do that as well. But in the end, we want to create this feeling of, of you know, no judgments and being inclusive and being open to all people. And sometimes you have to change your voice a tone or two to do that. Gotcha. So let's talk about you know, what you see as the opportunities in the business, but also let's first focus on you know, irrational development. <laughs> like when, when does that, I've been doing this for a long time, you have as well. And, you know, there are people that open up their own clubs that open up their own studios and they kind of just, I call them manual weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Like somebody goes yeah. and puts a studio in and takes 100, 200 members next to a crunch or next to a, a established, established um, you know, health club. So do, do you see that ever changing or is that just kind of, you know, we're in a passion industry, people are going to continue to do that, but stay true to what you're providing and, and the, you know, the best company wins? Yeah, I think what's been great about, you know, a lot of the new entrance into fitness is, you know, it's, a, it's getting people to work out. And if you, take a, if you take a step back and say, okay, we're at about 20% of the population in the U.S. is working out today. It used to be about 10%, you know, 15 years ago. Before that, it was five. So the, the good news is, is more people in this country are working out. So that's a good thing. I think what you, and you've seen over the last several years, this, the industry's really bifurcated. You've, you've got this kind of premium and luxury brands on one side and the other side, you've got the HVLP sector 
um, where we're operating. If you got caught in the middle, you know, you were, you know, you're, you're, today you're probably struggling if your brand didn't really stand for something mm -hmm. or if you didn't adapt your floor plans and if you didn't adapt your messaging and you kind of got stuck, you know, you're probably closing more locations in today's world than you're opening. Mm -hmm. So for us to operate in both sectors and have success in both sectors, we're feeling really good about where we, where we stand today. And our, our signature locations, you know, we continue to adapt floor space, you know, take some cardio out, add more functional, what I call open space mm -hmm. for the young millennial today that's looking to work out with a device next to them, you know, more, more platforms, more kettlebells, more fun stuff that we can do and do pretty easily inside the big, big box gyms that we operate that are 80 to 100 bucks a month, 80 to 120 a month. And then on the low price side, we've, we've always added, we've always had turf and functional. We're just expanding that even more. And, uh, you know, we're, we feel like crunch on the HVLP side is, and, and Ben Midgley and I talk about this a lot, is the HVLP plus sector. We're kind of separating out a little bit in that, that market uh, because of our group fitness content and everything else that we have going on inside that 20,000 square foot box. Gotcha. So, um Moving to, to some of the opportunities, to, you know, continued use of, uh, of technology. Are you guys, um, you know, how, how much closer to the member do you feel like you're getting either on the corporate side, but also, for, you know, on the franchisee side? Yeah, sure. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And uh, we just upgraded our app, and now we've got more interaction with the consumer outside the four walls of the gym. You know, we have a product we call Crunch Live, which is our online digital workout platform that now is seamlessly integrated into the app. So if you're a member of Crunch and you're, at home, you can stream a workout to Apple TV. You can understand how to do some exercises. You can get some trainer tips. So we speak to the consumer outside the four walls of the gym. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously we keep a track of the members that are using the gyms. And we understand you know, which ones are taking group fitness, which ones are doing personal training, and which ones are coming in for a regular workout. So we can segment our customer base a little bit more and, and offer them services um, that will meet their, those specific needs that they've got. Gotcha. Let's let's switch gears to you being a, a seasoned executive, and um, going through running a business and, and understanding what prudent growth is. You know, we we've got a lot of people that, you know, look at these technology companies and they go from you know five million of revenue to a hundred million. They got sold for a billion dollars, and just, yeah. there's a thousand other ones that you know didn't go anywhere, but no one really talks about those. <laughs> It's like, oh, how fast are you grow? What's your year over year yeah. or month over month, yeah. you know? And, and in this business, I guess I, I wanted to get your take on, like, what's prudent growth? Like, how do you make the right decisions? You know, if you make a couple bad choices on franchisee selection, you know, it might look good on your P&L, but, you know, you're going to pay for that, you yeah. know, in a couple of years from now. So just maybe give a little word of wisdom to some of the CEOs or new CEOs that are, you know, decisions you make today, like think about what the long-term implications of those are. Yeah, well, I think you, you shoot to be 80 to 90% correct decisions and know that you're going to make 10, 10 to 20% are going to be off, hopefully it's closer to 10 than 20. Um, you're going to make some mistakes along the way. You're going to learn from those mistakes and hopefully do better and uh, as you grow. And you know, we've got a great group of franchisees. Ben Midgley, the CEO of the company, has done an excellent job of selecting people that really fit well within the brand. We have a nice mix of folks that are from the fitness industry and a nice mix of folks who are not from the fitness industry. So there's a good balance. There's a lot of idea sharing that goes on there. And we've got a really good group of franchise, uh, franchise owners who are doing a great job of stewarding the brand. And, you know, as a, as a CEO, you know, you, got, you start your day and you say, okay, hopefully today 
I'm going to make more right decisions than wrong ones. Mm -hmm. And like you have on your calendar over there, hopefully it's a W and not an L. Right. So, um, you know, as you look at the, uh, at the sector from where we started to where yeah. we are now, you know, it's pretty unbelievable, um, you know, from a growth standpoint and from a passion, you know, do you see that the crunch brand continue to go international? Like, it seems like it's going to, you know, it's going to outlive us and it'll yeah. be, you know, one of the top five brands in the, in the industry. So, you know, is there, is there anything that, um, you want to talk about on, you know, <laughs> what market you see as, you know, the next crunch frontier? Yeah, I think we've got some uh, some deals in some European countries that will be announced soon. Um, there's a lot of interest in the Asian markets and crunch, uh, you know, and because it was born in New York for, you know, New York is a, the, the center of the world as far as financial goes and just press and PR and exposure. So a lot of people are familiar with crunch. So that gives us an advantage and it is a great brand. And, it, and again, it comes back to the roots and the tenets of how this company was founded, which is no judgments, be inclusive, have fun, take something that people don't want to do and create an environment that's really inspiring for them to do it in. And you take that across the world, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be significant. We've got 250 locations today. We'll open, you know, another 80 to 100 this year, and then we'll cross over 500 um, in 2019. And uh, we've got a total of 800 franchises sold at this point but only about 200 open. So there's gotcha. a backlog of about 600 that we're, we're chipping away at every single year. And, um, you know, the future looks great. Excellent. All right, well, thanks for being on Halo Talks. And we'll check in next year and uh, see what the growth is, and hopefully we'll find some acquisitions for you along the way yeah, as well. That sounds great. Thanks right, for man. having me, Pete. You got it.